Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You're listening to the SportsGrid Network. Let it rain! You remember the class where I taught you all how to make it rain? Make it rain. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Rise and shine, sports investors. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It is Friday, December 6th. Let's cock-a-doodle-do it and make it rain here. I got Jared Smith in the building. I'm Dane Martinez. And we're going to do everything we can. Let's cock-a-doodle-do it. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Dropping it pretty quickly. We're gonna we're gonna try and get a little bit of extra cash for the weekend for you, Jared. How you doing this fine Friday morning? I'm great, Dane. We killed it in NFL last night, man. You hit that Zeke prop, the two touchdowns. Yeah. Got that second one late, and man, oh man! It, it, if you were gonna say that you were gonna win money betting on something the Cowboys did right last night, I would have called you crazy. But you know that was a great pick. Uh, our Tariq Cohen pick hit pretty easily. Uh, so, you know, and the Bears plus three covered for us as well. So, great night in the NFL. We made a little bit of extra yeah. cash, and then we're talking some more on in-game live with Gabe Morency, right? And the idea of, like, first of all, this Mitchell Trubisky rushing yards prop. <laughs> so ridiculous, right? I think it was at nine and a half. Yeah. And they were running re- for 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 a lot of the time out there and we will break it all down as we get into it we got a full slate of week 14 nfl games it is conference championship weekend in college football that we got to talk about we'll even have a guest on a little bit later on maxwell smart will come on with us and talk a little bit of college basketball so we have all bases covered but i wanted to start with this jared you know I literally, like five minutes ago, I'm listening to the commercials, right? And they cut up something about what we were talking about yesterday. And we were talking about the Big 12 championship game yesterday. And then as kind of like a transition, I was like, yeah, but Lincoln Riley and Matt Rule will be in the NFL next year, right? And you were like, you didn't know about Matt Rule. And then on Lincoln Riley, you were like, I don't think Jerry Jones is going to fire Jason Garrett. (laughs) Um, I have an opportunity right now. To change your position on that if you would like to. I, I, you know, it's funny, though, because I, I watched the press conference uh, with Jerry Jones, or I listened to it after the game. I, I didn't see his face. I want to watch it because I want to see his face when he said, anyone who's healthy will be coaching next week, which was weird. Because usually yeah. you don't use that also, word about a coach. Also, last week... You know, said something like, yeah, Jason Garrett will coach somewhere in the NFL. Yeah, I know. It's like he's dropping you these little, like, like maybe. like it, It's almost like he he's trolling the media right now. It's almost I, like I think he's, he's going to stay the rest of the year. I don't think he's going to get fired until the end of the season, but I do think at the end of the year he will get fired. Right. This is a Black Monday kind of thing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I think it's a Black Monday deal. Like on Monday, December 30th, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and Lincoln Riley, I I read something today that Lincoln Riley's the top guy. I also read that the the Clemson offensive coordinator, Tony Elliott, is another guy that has been in talks uh, with Stephen Jones, Jerry's uh, son. So Urban Meyer, maybe throw that name in, too. But yeah, I I think I think if, if Oklahoma does what they're supposed to do tomorrow and they get snubbed for the playoff, that's a better scenario, I think. Well, not snubbed, but they don't make it. 
that's a better scenario, I think, for Lincoln to leave. If they make the playoff again for a third straight year, I mean, it's. I, I guess if they lose in the playoff, that also right. gives him an out. The best but, scenario would be for them to win the damn championship, and then Lincoln Riley yes. can be like, the out. Absolutely. I, you know I, I, mean? I just feel like Lincoln is a really competitive guy, and I think he thinks he can win a championship at Oklahoma, and who are we to disagree with him? He's been to the playoff two straight years, maybe a third straight two year. Straight, two so, straight. I, yeah. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I, I don't think Matt Rule's going to go. I, I think Rule needs some more season. Well, let's put it this way. When the game of musical chairs starts in the NFL, I think there will be a seat with the Dallas Cowboys star on it for someone to sit there. And the funny part is, listen, the game, you know, Buck and Aikman are doing the game, right? And Aikman... Is like trying to hold out hope, you know. He's like, oh, maybe they can get a field goal and an onside kick and have a shot, you know. And, no but shot. He had to at some point like spend the last five minutes talking about how Jason Garrett was going to get fired. Even he knows know. that this is going to happen. I mean, I agree with you. I don't know that it's an in-season kind of move, mostly because. Jared, they're still live to win the division. I know, you know? and they're still the favorite, I think, to win the division. I, I double-checked that because I wanted to make that exact point. I've been going back and forth with a lot of people on this network, and I've been saying I think Philly will win the NFC East, right? Yeah, I hope and, so. I'm, I'm holding an Eagles-NFC East ticket. I mean, well, it, it was much higher odds or longer odds back when I bet it in, in August. It was like minus 150. I probably could have got it at like 5-1 to one a few weeks ago. <laughs> at some point. It is now, and this is the part that I don't understand, guys. Dallas, as you wake up this morning, Dallas is minus 150 to win the yeah. NFC East. And that's a pretty good favorite in the NFL. Right. Philly is cents. plus 125 to win that division. Okay? And I know that Philly defecated the mattress last week in Miami. I know that, okay? But do you think they're going to do it again Monday night at home against Eli Manning? Eli's 1-9 we'll in his last 10 games against, and, uh, against the and Eagles. And go look at the schedule. Go look at the schedule. The Cowboys have still the Rams and then this big-time Week 16 game against the Eagles, which many people have been saying for uh, months will decide this division. That's in Philadelphia, Yeah, Jared. You know, and, and, and meanwhile, the Eagles have the Giants twice, the Washington football team, and then that showdown against the Cowboys. And, you know, I, the way the Cowboys look right now, I wouldn't pick them against anybody. No, okay? no, no. They, 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 they look like a dead stick last night, especially defensively. Did anything defensively. You got Mitchell Trubisky looking like a star against them. Three touchdowns, another 63 and a tud on the ground. They're able to run however they want. Uh, our Tariq Cohen prop hit. Allen Robinson looking great. I mean, they were able to do whatever they wanted on offense to the point where they had to praise like this renaissance of Mitchell Trubisky. But that's, that's not it for me because I saw Buffalo and Josh Allen do the same damn thing on Thanksgiving. So, and now up next, they have the Los Angeles Rams, which is a better offense than both of these teams. You know, so I, I, I do think it is a big time problem. But that reminds me, Jared, we have a poll question up right now as yep. well. I voted in it. Question, who's <laughs> going to win the NFC East? And, you know, I think the schedule is important because the schedule is dramatically easier, in my opinion, for the Philadelphia Eagles. And it starts Monday night for Philadelphia. So let us know at 
uh, FNTSY Radio at Spittin' Speeds at Jared Smith. If you want to be part of the, if you want to be part of the show and part of the poll, when we come back on the other side of the break, Jared, is what we're gonna do. All right, we'll talk a little bit more about this game, and then we will spin it forward and look at some of the other spotlight games. Oh, we got college football, we got college basketball, and a whole lot more. It's making rain here on the Sports Grid Network. Jared Smith and Dane Martinez holding you on as we go into a December holiday. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. We come on back to make it rain here on the Sports Grid Network. I'm Dane Martinez. We got Jared Smith, Joe Ranieri, who uh, you know is wondering now, like, oh wait, maybe I was supposed to pack a jacket when I fly outside of Miami to uh, where is he you know, going? Middle of December, I believe he is in the lovely city of St. Louis. Oh, he wedding. definitely needs a jacket. Are you kidding me? Yeah, well, I mean, he's just not used to these. He's things, not. He's, you know he's, he's not going to be able to go tanning yeah, in St. Louis this week. <laughs> But I can't front. I'm going to be happy down there next month. Uh, I'm going to be chilling with Joe down in Miami for my Nice. Bachelor. Oh, that'll be fun. Wow. Yeah, but, uh, you know, so maybe you can cover for me. You got it, uh, man. You know, in about You got to tell, tell Sussman and Cardano. They got to get that schedule rocking. Yeah, I'll give you those dates. I'll give you those dates. It'll be good <laughs> stuff. Let's talk a little bit more about last night. The Chicago Bears with a 31-24 victory over the Dallas Cowboys. They go to 7-6 and six on the season, you know, maintaining their hopes for the playoffs. The interesting part is that Dallas, you know, wakes up still as the leader of the NFC East. And so we were talking about them versus Philly. You know, one of the things I want to bring up, though, Jared, is something we talked about on In-Game Live yesterday, how teams go away from what's working. You know, and, and what I think is interesting, we literally made the joke on in-game live because correct me if I'm wrong, Jared, but in the first drive, Zeke Elliott had like 30, 35 rushing yards, right? They were giving the ball to Zeke left, right, and center, and he was able to move the ball. Yeah. Okay. And we were joking about like his in-game props and they, they went up to like 105, 110. And we were like, oh, we, we, we should even take the over on that. You know? Gabe did. And yes. Yes, I hit. Oh, Gabe did. He took the one. He took 103, I think. Okay. Well, maybe he shouldn't have taken the two touchdowns like I told him. Yes. But that's besides the point. But what I, what, the point I want to make here is, you know, I guess it goes back to the coaching, Kellen Moore, um, Jason Garrett as well. But he finished under his rushing prop, Jared. I know. It's crazy. And he had 19 carries. Okay. I know that he had like nine in the first quarter, Jared. Okay, and I know he had two at the goal line late. So outside of that, they gave him the ball, what, like seven times throughout the game? That makes no sense to me. Amari Cooper was clearly banged up and hobbled for most of the game. Okay, why are they not giving Zeke Elliott the ball? I don't care. Like, at 17-7 at halftime, you're not, you're not down so much that, like, oh, my God, you have to be a volume thrower and, ga- and he's game scripted out of it. 
Like, that's when you go back to what you know is working well. Like, why did Zeke disappear in, like, the third quarter last night? Right? I, I just think – I mean, and, and we did talk about it last night. It's just the Cowboys, when you think they're going to zig and everything says zig, this is the game plan, let's zig, we're going to win if we zig, they zag. I mean, because you're right. We watched that first drive, and, and I said it too. I said, don't look too much into the first drive. They're scripted. I don't know if it's going to be the way that the game flows. That part of the script. You know what I'm saying? Like, here's the thing, Jared. Here's the thing. Like, I appreciate, I respect what you're saying. You are right, okay? But if, so the script is what they spent all week thinking would be their best foot forward, right? Mm -hmm. That script is, right? You had enough time to think and plan. Yeah, it's the game plan. The script is, is the game plan. That's what we're going to attack for the first Okay, quarter. and so. When that's happening, right, it was, what, 7-7? Seven, seven? Yeah. Maybe 10-7. They got a pick, you know, on the goal line. or yeah. else. Why then go away from what you spent all week thinking was, like, the right plan? Like, you're right, Jared. It was the script. Yeah. Even more to my point that you don't go away from it if it's effing working, Jared, right? I, I think it's just – I. I and I think that's why so many Cowboys fans are just so perplexed on what is going on because the coaching staff and, and Kellen Moore is a really young coordinator. You know, we, we saw him a little bit as a backup quarterback in the NFL. We really saw him at Boise State as like, you know, the, the, the lefty, you know, undervalued quarterback that can kind of move the ball in different ways. I just don't understand how you can. I agree with you 100%. I don't understand how they can get away from Zeke so quick last night. And I thought he was going to be more utilized in the passing game, especially with Pollard out. That didn't that, that really didn't didn't, yeah, that didn't happen at all. Uh, and anytime Dallas tried to throw the ball underneath, they had no success. They didn't have success throwing it down the field. The one thing that they had success with was pounding the ball up the middle with Zeke Elliott. And, yeah. you know, no Akeem Hicks, no Danny Trevathan for the Bears. Yeah. There was a spot there. There was a gap in the middle where you could, you know, isolate the running game for Dallas and you're right. After that first drive, they made it like they were down three scores, and they just spread it out and started throwing a ball over the field. I, I don't understand it. And that's where the coaching staff disconnect comes in for me with this Dallas offense. And that's why if I'm Jerry Jones, I wouldn't wait until the end of the year to fire Jason Garrett. What are you gaining? I mean, I guess – I mean, I understand you're still in the hunt for the NFC East, but if it ain't broke, if it's broke, fix it. Right. But if you can still win the division and host the playoff game, I know. it's broken. It's broken. I agree with you. Like, don't get me wrong. I agree with you. But, you know, I don't Such think Such a weird situation, right, Dane? Like, I mean, we've been covering football for a while. This is a weird situation, what's happening in okay. Dallas right now. But specifically Dallas, yes. I was yeah. going to say, like, there was that one year where the NFC West, I think, had, like... Yeah, no, it was, it was the Sam Bradford Rams. They wanted exactly. it, like, 7-9, and nine, I think. Before. Remember, and then they won. I think it was – wasn't it But Seattle? they didn't have the talent that Dallas has. Dallas is a historically good team point differential-wise to record. Like, you don't see point differential positive with a sub-500 record. That does not happen in the NFL, and that's what's happening in Dallas. Uh, I think you also hit that Zeke Elliott longest run prop. He oh, yeah, a, he had, like, a big 30-yarder in the first quarter, yeah. And even more evidence to our point. Like, yeah. listen, it was working. Why'd you go away from it? I do not understand. But let's look now. Let's spend a couple minutes, though, honestly, Jared, on the positive side here. Let's talk about the Chicago Bears. Okay. Um, for a while, I have been quick, Jared, to say that Mitchell Trubisky is not that dude. Sure. Okay? Not the dude that's going to get it done. I think he will always... 
you know, unfortunately for him, be compared to Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, the two other quarterbacks that came out in that draft class, especially when Chicago decided to trade up and then pick Trubisky of those three. You know, it's not not to be consistently compared against two of what I think will be the best quarterbacks, you know, for the next decade, let's say. Right. But he's pulling himself out of it. Jared, um, in that middle of the season, you know, about a month or two ago, I was really going hard on him. Jared, I was likening him to Blake Bortles, okay? A guy that (laughs) franchise drafted, the team had early success, but mostly predicated on their defense, and then would realize over years that he wasn't worth it, and then it would be setting the franchise back for years. I've been saying I think Cam Newton will be the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears next year. But Trubisky is starting to put it in my eye. I am seeing him do some things, mobility in the pocket. He's delivering the ball. You know, I mean, and I look, he's not a volume thrower last night. 23 of 31 efficiency. He can use his legs. I mean, if you're a Bears fan, do you believe Trubisky is your answer for the next decade? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think you got to give him the shot. I mean, at this point, we haven't seen anything over the last month that would lead me to believe that he hasn't taken a step forward. And I think people are forgetting that Matt Nagy still, you know, is only in the second year as head coach. Uh, This is a new system. This is a quarterback that has progressed. And I know last year he took a step forward, then he took a step back, and then he took another step back this year. But in in the crunch time, over the last month, He's been positive, and and the NFL. I, I'm a pre. I'm a firm believer that you are never as good as you look on your best week, and you're never as bad as you look on your worst week. And so I'm not going to crown Trubisky as the next MVP of the league, but you've got to at least be encouraged because what they've been able to do is they've been able to find a, a niche for him, which is okay. Struggling to throw the ball. Let's see if you can move it a little bit with your legs. And and when 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 they kind of take the reins off him, right? And I think they were hesitant to have him run early in his career because they were trying to get him settled in the pocket. And I, I think that kind of it, it, it kind of hamstrung him because he was so used to getting outside of the pocket. And now I think Matt Nagy's kind of designed a scheme for him to be able to you know show his talents a little bit with his legs. And man, oh man, did he look good last night on the ground? Yeah, he absolutely did. As we said, sixty-three yards and the touchdown. And they were actually. You know, they were running zone reads. Yeah. You know, like straight up. This was some of it was scrambling in the first half, but they were they were just straight running zone reads in the second half. So maybe Trubisky does have a little bit of a stay of execution to see if he can prove himself as QB one up there in the Windy City. When we come back, Jared, we'll turn our attention to some of these other week fourteen spotlight games and we're gonna put some shekels. It's Make It Rain here on the Sports Grid Network. Jared Smith and the Spitting Statistician coming back at you after this. Get on the SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. It's making rain here on the Sports Grid Network. Dane Martinez and Jared Smith holding it down here, trying to get a little bit of extra cash for the weekend. And I got to tell you guys, if you want to be the next daily fantasy millionaire, 
dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with the DailyRoto.com optimizer and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS. Lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much, much more. Save 10% on winning DFS advice with the promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com slash DUNK to learn more. That's DailyRoto.com slash DUNK. And of course, DailyRoto.com is where millionaires are made. Jared, I was able to, uh, you know, we had our sports grid holiday party recently, and mm. I was talking to Drew Dinkmeyer. Yeah, because, you know, anytime I hear where millionaires are made, my mind goes immediately to Drew Dinkmeyer. Get some of that right? cash, baby. But I got. I do want to tell everybody that Drew Dinkmeyer. Also, you should check out his uh, like his work with the nonprofit, the the Welly Makers. Do you know about this, Jared? I don't. Okay, so the first time he won a million dollars, Drew Dinkmeyer, he decided he linked up with this um this nonprofit. Okay, I think it's called the Welly Makers, and what they do because from the Millie Maker, he put a, a big chunk of money into this nonprofit that goes and gets uh digs like clean water wells in Africa. Okay. And stuff Great to get work. these communities, um, you know, good clean water, which is amazing. Yeah, you know, and so I think Drew even won like one of these kind of awards from the SF- FSTA for being like one of the humanitarians of the year in our community. Wow. So always to Drew Dinkmeyer. Not only is he helping people win them millions and winning that cash himself, he's then going out and doing good things with that, uh, you know, for society. So um, that should not be understated. But in any event, I digress. Let's get over to this week 14 game so you could also win millions of dollars potentially and then also do charitable acts with them. So, (laughs) you know, Jared, one of the first things I look at, I look at this Baltimore-Buffalo game, Jared. And My question is, like, what do you value more, right? Do you think Lamar Jackson is this true Haley's Comet, like, generational thing that literally cannot be stopped, you know? Or do you acknowledge that, like, they're not going 15-1, and 14-2. There may be another loss or two on their schedule. They can be slowed down. You know, they, Baltimore had this gauntlet, right, of having to deal with, what, New England and, and San Francisco and Buffalo this week and the number one run defense in the Jets after that. And a few weeks ago, people were saying, well, he's going to slow down. Someone's going to pick him off, right? But he's still going through that gauntlet. And a lot of times the public just reacts like, oh, pencil in W's the rest of the way in for teams like Baltimore or New Orleans, right? Or pencil in losses for Cincinnati or Miami the rest of the season. And you can't really do that, Jared. You know what I mean? Like these teams, you know, the best baseball teams lose 60 games. Yeah. The best teams lose games. You know what I mean? So I, I, I know that. And I know the Bills are always under-respected. I know the Bills are announcing themselves on national TV against the Cowboys. I know the Bills are technically still live in the AFC East with a game against New England coming up. But it's really hard for me to stand in the way of this Lamar Jackson train. I mean, the damn Pope got a Lamar Jackson jersey and blessed <laughs> Fine intervention. I'm, here's what I'm saying, Jared. Part of me thinks six is too big of a number for a really good defense. I saw a 2017 game just last week when Baltimore was at home against what I believe is a really quality team and a good defense. Now they have to go on the road on what I am starting to believe is a quality team and a real defense, and they're laying six? 
that may be too much for me. Jared, call me crazy. I, I don't think you're crazy at all. So line movement in this game, uh, right, right, out, right out of the gate, went from seven to six, and and to me, the seven and three kind of line of demarcation is huge for me, especially when I see. 70% of the tickets on Baltimore and 80% of the money on Baltimore, but the line still moves towards Buffalo. That right. is reverse line <laughs> movement. <laughs> like the alarm yeah, should yeah. be going off right there. Uh, Buffalo's <laughs> legit, man. Uh, they, they have, they have, they're, they're, they're on extra rest this week. They get 10 days off. Baltimore's coming off a physical game against the Niners. That was a tough game for Lamar Jackson. He did not play well in the passing game. Nobody did that day. It was bad weather conditions in Baltimore. Uh, but I can definitely see Buffalo not only competing, but winning this game outright. I will not be playing the Ravens this week. I don't know if I'm going to get to the window with the Bills just yet, but if I do play this game, it will definitely be on Buffalo's side. All right, and here's another thing. And I was going to say, when I was a kid, there was a thing when I was like driving with like my grandparents in the backseat of the car. Yeah. And- Time I saw a Toys R Us, mm. I would make that kind of alarm signal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, and now it's like the reverse line movement yeah. alarm. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's all we and worry about, the reverse line. That, that's the only – and also the alarm this morning at 4.30 a.m. That was the uh, other alarm I, I listened to. <laughs> I just got to get used to saw love. Um, but – and here's another thing to explain, Jared. Help, help explain this to the people out there. I always say that when you have a – and this isn't a huge uh, – spread right it's only six yeah but when i see things like 11 12 13 and a low total yes. which i would consider for a pretty low total here um it's just hard to make up that gap and not score points i just think this is going to be a punch you in the mouth physical kind of game now can baltimore they're the number one offense in the nfl they're scoring more points i get it but i think buffalo listen Buffalo has only given up more than 20 points once this season. Philadelphia put it on them. I think Philadelphia put up like 37 against them. Yeah, okay? that was their one bad game really this year. Like 19 against them. Check their scores. It's funny. Like Miami got to 20 or 21 against them both times. But teams don't even get to 20 against the Buffalo Bills. Now, you know, Baltimore may be different. But really what we're asking is can Buffalo score like 17 points against these Ravens? You know, that's the way I look at it. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly think that's possible. I mean, I, I, I do think the, the, the key to this game is, is what Buffalo's defense does against uh, Baltimore's offense and how they try to slow that down. And again, I think the extra time helps because yeah. you get three extra days. Sean McDermott gets three extra days to prepare. Unlike last night where both Chicago and Dallas were on the same rest, I do think the extra three days is important here, and it's going to make this handicap a little bit different. Baltimore's offense scares me, obviously, but, man, they've been so hot. And the NFL, just like we said a little while ago, you're never as high as your highest point. You're never as low as your lowest point. It's usually somewhere in between, and I think after what we saw from Baltimore, 37 against the Pats, 30 against the Seahawks, 41 against the Texans, 45 against a really good Rams team, I do think we're going to start to see some regression, and I think six at home – with Buffalo is the value play. I am definitely not betting Baltimore in this game. I haven't made up my mind if I'm going to get to the window yet with Buffalo, but the more we're talking about it, the more I like the Bills. Yeah, I, I'm with you. This is either a stay away or give me Buffalo yeah. plus the six. Right, and you know what's funny is that I wonder the kind of conversation that our friends Ariel Epstein and Gabe Morency <laughs> will have about this game because these, those are their two teams, and both of them have it all right in front of them. This should be a very fun game. I wonder you know, who Gabe's betting on Sunday. 
Oh, wait, I yeah. probably already know. We know. I think we know who Eric <laughs> as well. So we'll talk about it with oh, them Oh, yeah, on that's Sunday. right. That's right. It's that's the rivalry right. matchup this week on the morning right. show. They're gonna have them, have they got to do a forth. side bet on it or something. Yeah, they, got, they should. They should. Um, another game that I want to sneak in here before we uh, get to our next break, and I think this is under the radar, a sneaky, um, really important game in the AFC. Jared, I think this is kind of an elimination game on some level. And I'm talking about the Tennessee Titans, Jared, going to out to the West Coast to take on the Oakland Raiders. These two teams are, are tied right now, I believe, for the second wild card at seven and five. Correct me if I'm wrong. And um, my question for you is this. Josh Jacobs, like two or three weeks ago against Cincinnati, like a historically bad run defense, reeled off whatever it was, 125. Then the next week against the Jets, top-ranked run defense, he, hit, he, he didn't hit his rushing prop. He ran for like 30-some-odd yards. Now we hear reports that he's got a bad shoulder, that he's playing through a fractured shoulder for the last month. So more power to him, right? I've, the Tennessee run defense is something like 13th, 14th in the league. They're sort of in the middle. But what I do believe in is Vrabel to understand that, right? Understand that Jacobs is the linchpin here and try to force Carr to win it on his arm. And then I think, do I believe in his ability to do that with guys like Waller, Williams, you know, Zay Jones and the like? And then on the other side, I think Ryan Tannehill is hot. The Titans are, what, 6-1 and one with him under center, averaging 30 points a game. And people are, in my opinion, under-respecting Ryan Tannehill and what they do every year in November and December, which is give Derrick Henry the damn ball. Yeah. And he responds with 125 yards every game. I like the road team in this one, and I think I'm going to lay the points as long as it's less than a field goal, and I'm staring at two and a half right now. Again, Jared, call me crazy. No, I, I don't think you're crazy at all, and, and I think, again, we, you know, we talked about this yesterday, how I cap NFL games is the line, the line movement and, and, and where the line starts and where it moves to is my first point of kind of handicap. And this line opened at a pick em. The action's yeah. been split. And it's moved all the way to two and a half with heavy juice on the two and a half for the Titans side. So yeah. uh, that immediately points me in Tennessee's direction. Then I get into the numbers and I start to break some of this stuff down. Ryan Tannehill has been outstanding this year. He sure might be has. the comeback player of the year in the NFL. He's going to win people fantasy football. Yeah, like, 72% completion percentage. That's leading the league or right there with Drew Brees. And with Kirk Cousins right there at tops of the NFL, and that is the one stat for quarterbacks that I look at above anything else as how well you're playing. Because completion percentage in the NFL is everything on how well you can move the ball systematically down the field in a consistent way. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Tannehill has been good. I think the Tennessee Titans should re-up him. You know, he's played his way. <laughs> That's better. crazy to think, huh? <laughs> I absolutely would. And I know, Mario I agree too. Never would have thought I'd say that preseason, though. I'm saying, but we'll talk about this and some other key Week 14 matchups on the other side of the break. It's Make it rain on Sports Grid. Get on the grid. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. 
make it rain here on the Sports Grid Network. Jared Smith holding it down with Dane Martinez as we slide into a December weekend. And it's a big weekend, okay? Playoff positioning in the NFL, conference championships game. Oh, yeah. In football, you know, Jared, you and I talked through, like, kind of the path for a lot of teams to be that fourth team in yeah, the BCS. Yeah, I did that a little bit on uh, Morning Line, too. I kind of yeah. did the hypotheticals. So, We'll start to get decided tonight as the Pac-12 championship in rainy, bad field conditions, we believe, at Levi Stadium. I really saw bad. that you have a you know a, a futures ticket there for the Pac-12, and I got one question for you. Did you say Utes? You oh, and 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 Chris played that this morning during one of our uh, you know during one of the bump segments uh, on the uh, oh, I love that movie. I love that movie so much. Uh, oh yeah, you oh. blend. You do. blend. It's a 1973 Buick Skylock. All right, but in any event, I digress. I digress. In metallic mint green. Right. That's right. One tire spins, the other thing does nothing. But anyway, we can do that all day. Oh, we can do that all. Dead on balls accurate. Let's be dead on balls dead accurate on about ball. Yeah, that, exactly. Let's say it's an industry term. You know what I mean, Jared? So one of the things you were saying was that you look at kind of like the opening line and how it moves, right? And, and guys and gals. The reason this is a big, you know, a way to look at it, right, is the term is follow the money, right, Jared? Oh, yeah. And you see how the money impacts the lines, right? And then you got to wonder, why are all these people on one side? Do they have that information? What do they know? I do the same thing, Jared, um, when I go to the racetrack and I yeah. bet the ponies. I go into the track and play in the ponies, right? And so – you, you know, they'll have their little post parade, though. And if a horse goes from 12 to 1, all of a sudden down to 7 to 1, right? It's like, huh. What do they know? Somebody something. Or somebody just placed 50K on this horse, right? And, and so that is an interesting or an important data point, the same as all the rest of them. Right, Jared? Totally agree. So I'm in a pool. You know, one of these, like, you pick every game against the spread, you know, a you know, pool with, like, 50, 100 people, whatever it is. And I always, but we do it based off the opening lines on Tuesday, you know, on the website that we use or whatever. And so to your point, Jared, I then always like around Friday, I go back and I compare, right, the current spreads of these games with what I had as the morning line on Tuesday. Where are you going to find the value? That brings me to a very interesting one, Jared, because I'm looking at Sunday night football. And on Tuesday night, on Tuesday, Jared, when these lines came out, the Seahawks were one and a half point favorites. The Rams were road uh, were home dogs Not by anymore. a point and a half. Now I look at FanDuel, and the Rams are now one point favorites. Okay, so we talk about these the money moving the line, but this is an interesting case, Jared, where the movement has actually gone to the other side of the game. So in essence, Jared, you could have already gotten your middle you could have already if you were smart or if you were on it you could have already on tuesday for example bet the uh you know bet the rams at like probably something like plus 125 and now i'm seeing you could bet the seahawks at plus 110 you know what that means you win yeah so me about how rare you think it may be for this movement to literally go from one team to the other we saw it in the super bowl last year jared we did we the Rams at play here for Sunday night. We saw it twice this year, too. First week of the year, we saw it with the Chargers uh, and the Colts after they announced that Andrew Luck was not going to play. The Chargers went from a big dog to a favorite. 
And well, that was the Andrew Luck thing. Yeah, right? exactly. It was the Andrew Luck announced that he was retiring, and all of a sudden that Week One game flipped from a favorite to a dog for the Colts. We also saw it on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, we hmm. saw it with the Bears and the Lions. I was fortunate enough to wow. get ahead of the market with the Jeff Driscoll news that he was going right. to miss and that David Blau was going to play. I got the Bears at minus two and a half. I want to say it was like Monday night, late, like right mm-hmm. after uh, that Monday night football game. We started to hear rumblings that Driscoll's health was not well. I think it was his elbow, his arm or something, wrist. Uh, and I got the two and a half. And then by Wednesday, it was already up to four. By game time, it was at six. And if you six, pounded yeah. the Lions at plus six – and then the Bears at minus two and a half. That game ended 24-20. That was the best middle opportunity I've seen in a long time. We're getting to that point with this Rams-Seahawks game. If you jumped on the Rams plus three earlier in the week, even if it was plus two and a half, and then now you can get the Seahawks at plus one, plus two, close to game time, there's a chance that that game finishes at one or two. So that's a middle opportunity that's brewing. Again, if you missed Rams plus three, you're not going to be able to sniff anything close to that. But to me, the most bullish trend in line movement is the dog to favorite move, and that's right. what we've seen here in this game. And so I, why I do, is it moving this way? Well, let's cap it now. Why is this happening? Why is all the people moving their money question. to the Rams? Like you know, I mean, I get that they're at home, right? I get that they've looked a little bit better in the last couple of weeks. In my opinion, mostly due to the fact that they're handing Todd Gurley the ball mm-hmm. for some balance, right? But the, the line is moving away from who I believe is still a live MVP candidate. Yeah. The line is moving on way prim- in print of prime time game. Prime time, right? If I'm going to hang my hat on anything in this game, it's Russell Wilson. Yeah. So, so tell me why. Like, do you agree with the line movement? I personally don't. But who am I? Because the, it's obviously Sharps in Vegas that are pushing yeah. this because the public's on Seattle. No surprise. I, I do think it's a little bit of an overreaction to what we saw last Sunday with the Cardinals game. Uh, and again, rumblings I'm hearing from the Cardinals locker room was that a few guys were under the weather. And so maybe that that game uh, maybe wasn't as, as one-sided as you would think from a talent standpoint. And it was just maybe the Cardinals were a step slow because they were a little under the weather. And I'm hearing some, some interesting things from Arizona's locker room about that. But, you know, Arizona lost 34-7 of the Rams on Sunday. And then all of a sudden on Monday night, the, C- the Seahawks played well in that game, but they certainly showed some chinks in the armor, especially defensively. But they didn't look like they didn't look like eighteen levels better no. than what we thought going in. No, this was against Minnesota. They won by seven. Yeah, they and they fell they- behind early, and they needed a really they needed I, I a, a crazy. Yeah, that was a crazy second half. That was one of the better second halves of an NFL game I've seen all year. Uh, yeah. In terms of like back and forth action, like it wasn't like Seattle was a one sided winner in that game. They took a big lead, and then Minnesota kind of answered the bell a little bit. Uh, and and Minnesota's a good team too, so I wouldn't put it past the Vikings uh, to make a to make a push in that game. And that's why the game was close. I do think it's a bit of an overreaction. And once it got past the three, so it opened at three and it got bet down immediately. And then once it got to two and then one, and we started to see a couple more sharp bets come in on the Rams. It wouldn't take much to push that back. It's not going to get up to like two and a half or three on the Ram side as a favorite. Uh, I think this game will close right around to pick them. Yeah, I do too, and I continue to lean Seattle. Like, yes, the Rams have looked a little bit better recently, but this is a step up in competition for the Rams, not for the Seahawks, but for the Rams. You mentioned, you know, Arizona and others recently, and sure – they, they know they need to win this game to stay in the playoff chase and all that. But I, that doesn't really rate with me as a factor. I think that Seattle is just a, a team that has 
a more solid identity right now. And I trust Russell Wilson. Yeah, I, I trust Russell Wilson a lot too. Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to look back at the Rams' schedule. This is they they did play the Seahawks earlier this year, and that was that crazy game uh, that that uh, Seattle won late, and right. it was a really close game, a one point game. So well, there you, go. you know, I'm telling you, the books would get absolutely hosed if this Watch. game finished at one. one point game. If Seattle yeah. wins this game by one, the books yeah. are going to get killed on Monday night or on Sunday night. Yeah, question, when you talk about the middle, because one of the ways I was saying it was like as, as it crosses over zero, right, from one team to another, yeah. not only do you have that middle opportunity at one that you're talking about, but I think you lock, you could lock in a win, Jared, if you, both, if you bet both sides at a plus number, you've won. Yeah, and, and that's certainly the goal. I mean, you know, you're not going to make a million dollars doing. You know, you're you're not going to get rich doing that because yeah, it depends on what your unit yeah, it, is. It, but, exactly. Yeah. Like like un, un, unless you're a thousand dollar unit better, right, right, right. Uh, you're probably just going to you know you know pennies, dribs and drabs. But sure. also at the same time, if you're the betting these, yeah, go ahead. yeah, if you're okay. betting these games to make money, you need to make take a little more risk with with some of these plays. So you're not going to make a, a get rich doing that. But it's it, it is a really it's a conservative style that that puts you in in the black every every game if you can find those spots. Yeah, absolutely. Um another game that is interesting to me that I want to talk about. I mean, clearly we got some of the big boys, but let, uh, you know, there's some huge games on the card this week. We're going to save San Fran, New Orleans. We're going to save Kansas City, New England for our eight o'clock hour. Um, one of the, I tell you what, a game that I also find interesting, and maybe others don't. But let's talk about this Monday Night Football game, Jared, real quick. Oh yeah. Because, um, you know, it's all in front of Philly. They now for the second week in a row. We'll see the door open because the Cowboys defecate the mattress on Thursday, right? Whether it was Thanksgiving when the Bills went in there and dump trucked them or last night, Philly now knows that they have an opportunity against a two-win team just like last week when they had an opportunity against the two-win team, okay? And they know that if they win in a home game in prime time against Eli Manning, who have you have mentioned, has been historically bad against the Eagles. Really bad. They had a flat-footed tie with the home game against Dallas, and Dallas looks like they're unraveling. <sighs> Can you make a case for the Giants on Monday night, Jack? Absolutely not. The Giants are the okay. worst team in football. They're the worst coach really? team. In, they're the worst coach team in football. They are. They're not better or worse with Eli Manning. I don't think. I think they're just a bad team, and they've lost eight games in a row, longest losing streak in the league this year. Um, Really, really bad football team. And I think if Cincinnati hadn't been historically bad, that... Well, since he's got one, the Giants have two. I, I think if Cincy hasn't been historic... Like, if, if Cincinnati is able to win one or two games down the stretch, I think the Giants might, might get the number one pick. I, mean, I, really, do, I really do think that. I think the Giants are the worst team in football. Still on their schedule. Yeah, I believe the Giants still have Washington on their schedule. So, yeah, there's a lot in front of them. And, and to be honest, when you talk about the Giants, they don't need to be the one pick. No. Uh, it could be the two pick because, you know, Cincinnati is going to take, you know, Burrow or whoever they like. You know, Chase Young might fall into the Giants' lap. And, and, and that would be a positive thing for the Giants because their pass rush has been dreadful right. since those they Super Bowl need, years. Right? They need – that was what they hung their hat on when they won those right. Super Bowls. They're going to field offers from all the teams that want to go up and get Herbert or Tua or Fromm. Which or I think any. would be a mistake. I think the Giants should take or Chase Young and Chase move Young. on and try to rebuild that defense. And they've got the quarterback. And, right. man, taking Pat a Shermer back. just – I just – I can't 
I, I don't know what is going on with these coaches. I think Jason, the coaching, the coaching in the NFC East. I mean, goodness gracious, you've got three losers. Peterson and then three guys that. Well, I yeah, mean, I, mean, I, I like Doug Peterson a lot, but you've seen over the last few weeks just how important Frank Reich was to this team. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, all right, so you don't believe – do you believe in them plus nine and a half or ten, though? I can't. I can't take the Giants. It's either an Eagles or no play. I, I can't put my – I bet the Giants last week against the Packers. That was a fade the public type of spot, and my fade the public plays were very profitable on Sunday, except for that one. That was the one – where even the public got that one right. Even right. Joe Public, who yeah. in the NFL is not a profitable better. In college and in other sports, it's different. But in the NFL, Joe Public is a loser most weeks. Even Joe Public got to the window and then got to the winner's circle with the Packers last week. I think the, I think the Giants are a fade every week for the rest of the year. I, I just I can't see Pat Shermer getting any type of a game plan or any type of a situation where, where they outsmart, outcoach, outwit the other team. And so yeah, you're relying squarely on talent, which right now the Giants are deficient in that. Yeah, and to be quite honest, listen, and a lot of their talent isn't even on the field, right? Yeah. Kate's been out. Ingram's been out. Barkley is obviously compromised with a high ankle Very strain. compromised. You know what I mean? He looks and like a different player honest, this year. Fantasy players, they may shut him down. <laughs> you know, you might go into your championship and then boom, all of a sudden Saquon gets shut down. That would be so rough. We'll talk about it a little bit more. It is make it rain here on the Sports Grid Network. If you want the edge, get on the floor. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Why is Jada just as real as he gets? It's making rain here on the Sports Grid Network. Jared, I've noticed things over the course of the last few days that with my, you know, random spitting statistician, stable genius, vocal minority self, uh, you're laughing a lot. You, you, like, you like it when we put the fun and functional sports content? Well, this is entertainment in a sense. It like, is? Obviously, it's infotainment, I guess it would, I would say. That's what you're trying to do. Yeah. I so, need the education. I think right? people like I, to see me smile more than like frown. Like I could be like Gabe and just be like the whole time. I'm, I'm, we're trying to have fun as we do yeah, this. Like yeah. I always put the fun in functional sports content. I, it, you know, I used to be, um, I used to be in the education world. Okay. okay as a teacher and, and then as a principal and I stuff like that. I could see you as a good, you'd be a good teacher. What was your, what was the subject? What was the subject? <laughs> That's another topic for another day. It's been a lot of I let's put it this way. I in three straight years I taught seven, sixth grade English, then seventh grade science, then eighth grade math. Wow. Yeah, there were kids in middle school who thought I was the smartest person in the world because I, mean, I taught them. You know, you you I think you know the funny thing is is that all of those things I think are relevant to capping sports. Oh, English, absolutely. science, and math. You need to be relevant in all three of those project we literally in math we played like the stock market game i had to literally balance their bank but i but i digress i i, I thought about the fun and fun sports content because one of the things i always want to ask you you know i see you laughing and stuff and i'm sure yesterday we talked about oh he went to jared and you say you've never heard that before <laughs> have you ever tried caliendo before that's i know i do get that a lot 
I do I, get that. I, and I, I, I also get uh, the guy, the uh, late show guy, James Corden, a lot too. Okay, I, we I were get doing that in a game. lot too. And you said one of the things you said. I don't know. I swear to God, Jared, not only did I think it was Frank Caliendo, but it <laughs> sounded like Frank Caliendo doing John Gruden. Oh, I love it. I, I honestly, someone, I, so, someone was in the chat calling me that. Something and, you were like, you know, yeah, right I, I know I got a giant head, which is like hard. And I, I that's the reason that this make it rain like setup is weird for me because I see myself in this television and like my head takes up like the whole screen. And it's, like, it's not a flattering like look for me. <laughs> I know. So, and I would say just sit back a little bit, but you got the screen behind you. Yeah, man, move, move back. Yeah, move back. Yeah, that's a little better. That's a little better. But thanks for doing your thing and holding it down for Joe Ranieri. We've got another hour on deck. We're going to have Maxwell Smart talk about college basketball. we got college football playoff conference championship games.